0: What's up? How are we all doing? Hope everyone's having a good day or a good night, whenever it is you're listening to this. I am so pumped for this episode. I've had my coffee and I am pinging. I'm feeling so good and I'm so ready to do this. Back talking about footy again today. And in the lead up to the 2020 season, I have done a team by team breakdown of last year's off season. So, I've, I'm mostly going to talk about the trade period, and I'll talk a little bit, I'm not much of a draft guy, I'm going to talk a little bit about the draft. I'm just going to talk mainly about each team's first one, or mostly one, sometimes two or three first picks, to the best of my abilities. I've got a lot of notes, you should see this setup I've got here, so I've got my laptop, off to my right here that's got all my notes on it, thousands and thousands of words of notes. I've got the Mac in front of me that's running um, GarageBand, which is what I'm recording with. And then I learnt from last episode, I've got my water here ready to go from where my voice inevitably kicks in. Oh, that is refreshing. All right. Yeah, so because I do have so much to talk about, what I'm going to do is this episode on its own? Is just going to be, I'm going to go through in alphabetical order. This is just going to be the first nine teams, right? And then the next episode, which will come out in a few days or so, will be the next nine teams, right? That's how I'm going to do it, all right? Of this intro is way too bloody long, so I'm just going to get into it. Let's do it. <laughs> so players that move from club to club, and then I'll talk a little bit about the draft. Uh, For those who might not be fully versed in the world of AFL, the trade period is a two-week block very early in the off-season where players are traded for other players or for draft picks from club to club. And then how the draft works, so the team, so there's rounds... In the draft, pick that f- the team that finished top, team that won the grand final, is the last pick at the end of each round. Team that finished on the bottom of the ladder is the first pick in each round. So, Gold Coast finished on the bottom last year. They had the first round of the draft pick. Richmond won the grand final. They had the last round. They had the last pick of each round of the draft. But then there's also like. 80% of picks get traded and chopped around and move all over the place. So it's never like one, two, three, four, five. So like it's, it's all over the place, but that's how it works for those who don't know. All right. So going through alphabetically, first up, we have Adelaide. Um, there was pretty much just a max exodus from Adelaide, which was inevitable, really. Like they, they they've bought in Billy Frampton, who's a handy tall, I guess. I don't know a lot about him. But they lost pretty much their entire <laughs> main list. They lost Betts, Jenkins, Jacobs, Greenwood, Ellis Yolman and Keefe. Right? They're just the big names that left the club. Um, they're, they're hitting the draft hard in the next couple of years. like Big time. Uh, their, their first pick this year, they picked up Fisher McCassie which is just a great name Fisher is spelled F-I-S-C-H-E-R which is awesome I love that um so he's a he's a tall defender so he's probably there to replace Alex Keith they would hope there's obviously a lot of other replacing they need to do but they've got lots of picks they have lots of picks this year's draft and next year's draft you know lots of picks which is good for them uh they're one of the five teams that have a new coach coming into this year. Uh, and because so that combined with the wealth of senior list experience that's gone, uh, they need to do a full list rebuild. I don't see any other way that they could possibly do that. Any other way they could possibly keep going without a full list rebuild. All right, moving on to Brisbane. They are looking really... Really solid next year. They replaced all the experience they lost and they bolstered their youth with good draft picks. They, so they're boarding Callum Archie from Gold Coast, who I think is sort of like a... He's mostly going to be playing sort of halfback role, small defender probably. Grant Birchall, very experienced player over from Hawthorne. He pretty much replaces Hodge. Cam uh, Ellis Yolman, big body midfielder, good midfield depth. Don't know if he's in their best team, but he could be. Um. Probably same with Archie. I don't know if Archie's probably in their best side, but him and Ellis Yolman are very good for depth. Uh, they lost Cutler and Taylor. Lewis Taylor is a rising star winner, so it's never good to lose one of those, but probably no real harm done. Uh, look with Brisbane look out in 2020 they had a bunch of early picks so I think the Lions are going to be a force of destruction for the the, I haven't actually got who their first who their first pick was let me look that up I spent so long finishing off these notes and I forgot to put in who Brisbane's first pick was AFL app Open that up. Draft Hub. This is great listening, I know. You're welcome. Draft Tracker. Scroll down until I see the Brisbane Okay, Devin Robinson at pick 22. Medium midfielder who not only captained West Australia to its first win in 10 years in the 2019 NAB AFL Under-18 Championships, but also won the Larky, Lark Medal? as the best and fairest player in Division 1. So he sounds like a pretty good little pickup. Medium midfielder. Fair enough. Sounds like they've done well there. Um, I hope they don't suffer from Melbourneitis, in that in 2018, Melbourne shot into a prelim final from outside the eight the year before, and then in 2019, they just... They just dropped all the way back down to the bottom of the ladder. I think Fagan is going to be smarter than that. He's not going to let that happen, but because of how well they did do in 2019, their 2020 fixture is looking a little bit tough. So I still predict a top eight finish for them, but probably not top four like we saw last year. All right, moving on to Carlton. I'm in a silly mood, aren't I? Moving on to Carlton. Oh dear, oh dear! It would have been really extra super embarrassing if they hadn't picked up Jack Martin in the um, in the preseason draft because they couldn't get him or Papley in the trade period, which made them look a little bit silly. But you know, I guess getting Eddie Betts back is all right. I mean, like it's it's really great for morale. Like seeing him come back through the door is is pretty awesome, and he probably plays one or two solid years. He'll be a good leader down there. Uh, and look, they 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 swapped Ruckman for Ruckman. They got rid of Phillips and they picked up Pittenet. Piton Pittenet? I don't know from Hawthorne. So you know, tit for tat there. Uh, they with their first pick, they got Brody Kemp. So he's a tall who can play at both ends. Given their tall forwards and their defenders can be a bit injury prone. I'm talking to you, Chaz Kurno you little piece of China, you. Um, or they're getting a bit old, Levi Casbolt. Looking at you. This is probably a good move. Getting Kemp, you know, sort of, you know, they can put him wherever they want, or wherever he wants to play, wherever he prefers to play. Their key position players go down or get old, you know, so that's probably pretty good. They're, they're still a young side, but I do expect them to improve in 2020. They're another team that's got a new coach, David Teague. I think he's going to be able to move them up the ladder. They've got quite a few years now of really good draft picks. There's, there was those pictures that the AFL Instagram page posted during the week of... Sam Walsh looking like Jason Momoa just absolutely shredded. So he's obviously going to be even more dangerous this year. So I think they're going to. They're probably they're not going to be in the top eight this year, but I think they're going to be getting close, probably in that sort, of maybe tenth to twelfth range, possibly would be a good result for them. All right, moving on to Collingwood. They didn't do a whole lot in this. Well, I should say last year's trade period, 2019's trade period. But this year's gonna be all about them. They're gonna be trying to re-sign Degoe and Darcy Moore. They're gonna be relieved that Grundy re-signed, but he is now burning a huge hole in their salary cap. So they're probably gonna to wanna to offload more than just James H, which is who they got rid of in the trade period. They bought in Darcy Cameron, who's a ruckman from Sydney, and I guess he'll they assuming they're gonna continue with their two ruck style of play with Grundy and Cox, Cameron will be handy if Grundy or Cox go down especially if Grundy goes down, they're definitely gonna to want to play Cox and Cameron in the same team. Uh, they're of oh, they're one of a few teams who weren't too fussed with this year's draft. So apparently this year and next year's draft are not of the same calibre that the last couple of years drafts have been obviously you know your first round picks are going to be there are always going to be lots of good players in there and there will be lots of other good players that will become good players who are picked up a bit later on that happens every year but there are a lot of people who don't rate this year's draft or next year's draft it seems like was one of those clubs. Their first pick was forty, and they grabbed Jay Rantal Rantall R A N T A L, who's a midfielder. So I guess that's whatever. Yeah, alright. Uh, yeah, they seem pretty happy with their list for the next year at least. I, I expect them to be around the mark again this year, but they they probably need to hurry. They're going to want to be really pressing for the flag big time this year because we don't know how much talent they're going to need to offload or who is just going to leave at the end of the year. So they're going to want to be quick smart about what they're doing. All right, next up we've got Essendon. They're going to be wrapped that they got to hang on to Danaher and Fantasia. For Danaher, it's probably only going to be for one more year because they're going to do the same dance again with Sydney next trade period. And I think Sydney are going to be a bit cooler this year than they were last year. They were kind of arseholes playing hardball. Um, So they brought in Cutler and Phillips. They were both very handy depth players. Phillips being the ruckman from Carlton and Cutler being... The, I don't know what position he plays from Brisbane. Uh, so given how old Bell Chambers is and how young Sam Draper still is, bringing in Phillips is a semi-experienced ruckman is probably a smart move. Uh, they haven't. They didn't have a lot of early picks. They Their first one was pick 30, and they picked up Harrison Jones, who's a tall, skinny forward. And that sounds like they're trying to replace Joe Danaher. Probably a smart move because he's going to be playing in Sydney in 2021. And they really didn't meet most people's expectations last year. So it is really hard to tell how they're going to go this year. Hooker, Hurley, Bell Chambers, Zaharakis, and McKernan are all going to be over 30 by the start of the final series this year. And with the likelihood of Danaher heading to Sydney next year, it is hard to see the Bombers' premiership window staying open for very long. So this year is their year to pounce on the cup, if they're going to. Their midfield is one of the best in the competition, so they are certainly capable. But this is going to be their last year for a while, I think. because they're So they're doing that. They're doing the coaching succession Plan So this will be Wurzfeld's last year as coach and then next year, I can't remember who the coach is going to be from next year onwards, but bringing in that new coach will mean that their grand final hopes are going to have to wait at least a few years. It's hard to see that far into the future, but that is normally what happens with a new coach unless you're Chris Scott, who just jumps into a perfect Geelong site in 2011 and wins a flag. Um, so yeah, this is their last chance this year for a while. So they better, they better buckle up, and get it done. All right, Fremantle next. Frio. They lost all of their outside run. It's all gone. They lost Brad Hill and they lost Ed Wood Langdon, which is not good. They're in a bit of trouble. Not feeling good about Frio this year. So I thought Frio in 2019 was going to be one of the teams who moved up the ladder, but they ended up being just about the most inconsistent team in the whole competition. They they got James H and Blake Akers for not much, which is, you know, pretty good. They won't be unhappy with that. And they can they're going to be hitting the next two drafts. Well they they, they already so they hit this draft big and they're going to be hitting next year's draft big as well. With all the picks that they got for Hill and Langdon, which was a lot, they loaded up big time this year's draft. They had picks seven, eight, and nine. So they got with pick seven, they got Hayden Young, who's a defender, and then with picks eight and nine, they got two small f- small midfielders slash forwards in Caleb Sarong and Liam Henry. I would expect those three to be playing lots of games this year. So combine them with Adam Chera, and Andrew, Andrew Brayshaw, I get those I get the Brayshaws mixed up. Andrew Brayshaw, and all the other, oh, excuse me, all the other young players that they've got running through their midfield there. Um, they're, they're they're in a big re- rebuild phase. I hit my watch again. Oh, bugger. Um, yeah. All their young players, they're just going to be putting games in them. There's there's another club that's got a new coach, Justin Longmuir, I think it was. So they're going to be taking a back step this year. They've lost two quality players. I think they'll probably finish bottom four, but someone's got to finish bottom four. They'll be all right again in a few years. They've got lots of really good young players who in five years' time, five years time are going to be really good not young players. So they've just got to be patient, for our fans. All right, Geelong is next. I've got a bit to say about Geelong. I'm calling it right now. Chris Scott is going to be moving on at the end of the year if they can't win a final. They, ha- they are not- notoriously bad at winning finals since their premiership in 2011. I don't know the stats, but they've played in... I don't know, if I had to guess, they've probably played in a dozen finals and they've lost like ten of them. They haven't done well in the last eight or nine years playing finals. Um, their list, it baffles me a little bit, really. They bought in Jack Stephen and Josh Jenkins, who are not young, to a list that already has Stanley, Tui, Dangerfield, Selwood, Ablett, Taylor, Hawkins, Rowan and Blitzarves who are all over 28. Most of those guys are over 30. But I moved it down to 28 so I can put a couple more names in and it makes it sound worse. makes it sound like I've got a lot lot more older players. Uh, It says to me that they're just going for it this year. They're like, let's just get... We don't care how old they are. We're just going to get as many superstars as as we can shove them into this team and see if we can win a flag. I actually think if they can keep their list healthy, they are as likely as anyone to win the premiership this year. So they got to keep their list healthy. (laughs) They really, really got to, all these old blokes. Kelly was always going to leave. So being able to bolster their draft position with all the picks they got for him was really important, especially given their age problem. Uh, with their first pick, which was 16, they took Cooper Stevens, who apparently is a strong, contested midfielder. So, you know, good for them. Um, yeah, they might. Like, if they can keep their list healthy, seriously, they're probably better placed than anyone to win the whole thing. But that's it. Like after this year, their window has got to be closed. Like half half of their best team is going to be retired in the next three years, and they and I predict with the new coach they'll be in a full rebuild. Um, for, if it wasn't obvious from the um for the cover by the cover art of the podcast, I'm a big St. Kilda fan really big St Kilda fan I'm putting it out there now you can expect a little bit of bias and a little bit of extra criticism when it comes to St Kilda and if that upsets you you can get over it I do not give a single shit so that's what I think about that Um, so when it comes to the Jack Stephen trade um, I'll talk a little bit more about it in the next episode when I get into St Kilda but if he can get back to full fitness and full ability, he just about replaces Tim Kelly. Like, he won four best and fairest at the Saints for a reason. So, then Geelong got him for... Well, I'm going to get into it when I talk about St. Kilda, but they got him for nothing. So, he could be a real big win for Geelong if he gets back to his best, because he's only... I think he's only 28. So you know he could be one of those players that still has three to five solid years left. Um, bring, bringing in Jenkins was a bit of a surprise, especially given that like they did it at the last at the eleventh hour of trade period. What he does allow them to do is be very flexible with Stanley radically in the ruck. Um, so if like, if all their veterans can slot together and their fitness is managed well. They could very well be the last team standing this year in twenty twenty. Saying it right now. Keep an eye on them. Be very, very interesting to watch. Very, very interesting. All right. Next up, we have the Gold Coast Suns. Possibly soon to be the Hobart Sun. No, that's I shouldn't say that. That's me. Um, being able to get. Anderson with picks one and two who are best mates and have been playing together for years is very very nice for them and if they can get both those boys as well as their other early draft picks from the last couple of years to stay at the Suns they're going to be singing they'll be wrapped what I thought the Suns needed was more quality mature age talent and guess what they were able to get that as well so they got Hugh Greenwood and Brandon Ellis, who might not be A grade talent players, but they are excellent, mature players who can bring experience and leadership to a really young group that needs it. And Smith as well in the ruck is a you know a pretty decent backup if wits were to go down. Um they lost Archie to Brisbane, who it's probably not a huge deal he might be a great hidden talent but he just wasn't able to he couldn't get his body right so he wasn't playing a whole lot so they won't lose too much slip over that they probably would have liked to have gotten rid of Martin in the trade period rather than losing him to the preseason draft so they could have got something for him but their draft position was already pretty good so they may not have really minded as usual as we've seen in the last years and years and years they are stocked up with draft picks. So they took Raul and Anderson with picks one and two. Those two have the potential to become a real powerhouse duo. The Suns are going to do everything they can to keep both of those players there long-term. The Suns really just have to improve this year. I think they're going to. I think they're now... They probably don't have the weakest list in the competition Probably not. Like, they've got so many young players that, like, they haven't been able to bring in any more, like, real genuine A-grade talent since Gary Hubble left. But every year they keep just bolstering their sort of B-grade talent players who have come from clubs that do have a lot of A-grade talent so they can take knowledge that they've got from their old clubs and bring it to this really young group. And I think this year is when we're going to start to see that pay dividends. I'm not saying they're going to be top eight or close to it, but they're going to start moving up the ladder. That being said, if they don't get into the top eight or close to it in probably the next five years they're going to be considered an enormous failure and the AFL is going to relocate them, relocate them to Tasmania who are dying for their own team. They just will. Because the Gold Coast Suns have been a money pit so far for the AFL. Like, seeing how much success the Giants have had in Western Sydney, playing in lots of finals, like, they're really popular up there. Like, what we've learnt from the Gold Coast Suns and, you know, the NRL as well, is that that sports teams just struggle on the Gold Coast. There's something about the culture. They just struggle pretty hard. So I think the Suns probably have five years. Like, Tassie is now really heavily begging for their own AFL team. So I think by 2025, the wheels will be very much in motion for that to happen. The Suns are still in the bottom four. They're just going to move them. Simple as that. Easy done. All right. Next up we have the team I was just talking about, the Goose, the GWS, the Greater Western Sydney Giants. I think they just like being called the Giants now. So we'll just call them the Giants to keep them happy. Don't want to be hurt by Shane Mumford. Um, you really can't say that they did well in this trade period, like they lost Aidan Bonner, Jonathan Patton and Tomlinson, which really hurts them. That being said, their salary cap was probably bursting at the seam, so they needed to get rid of some guys. Now, they they got Sam Jacobs from Adelaide, who is a ruckman, but I don't know why. I mean, I do know why. They need ruck depth, but they need a long-term ruck depth. Like, Jacobs is... 31 and probably has two good years left in him mumford's already 33 what happens when those two can't hack it which might be sooner rather than later like they've got untried youngster matthew flynn who is their next option after the two of them and they've got um who's that Oh, Lockie Keefe. I think he's one that they also play in the ruck, or like he's the pinch hit, but he can't be their number one ruckman. There's no way. So I thought that was really odd that they chose to try and get Sam. Like you thought they might have tried to get one of the other ruckmen that moved around, like a Pidanet or a Phillips, who are a lot younger. Like might not be as good as Jacobs, but they're a lot younger. They had pick four, who I think they might have wanted to lose on use on Luke Jackson. Who is touted as the next Grundy, but the D's had pick three and they took him. They didn't let it happen. Um, so with pick four, they took Lockie Ash, who is a fast halfback flanker type of player. So fair enough. Um, I do expect them to be around the mark again in twenty twenty, but the because of how much money they got to pay all this their superstar players. The Giants' depth is, again, vulnerable to a plague of injuries, which has happened to them before. Like, they did really... All the injuries they had last year, they, was, they did amazingly to, to get into the grand final. They were whooped in the grand final, but they did very, very well to get into the grand final. So, like, who knows what they could be capable of if they don't have all the terrible injuries they had last year. Yep. All right, so... The next word in my notes here is STOP, written in capital letters. So I think that is the first nine teams done. Let me check. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All right, yeah. So that's the first nine done. So next episode, we'll be starting with Hawthorne, and we will move through the rest. And after I've gone through them all, I'm also going to sort of just break down who I think won each of the big trades and which team won the whole week, and who's going to be the recruit of the year. So we can look forward to that in the next episode. All right. I really enjoyed that. I had a lot of fun. I hope you guys liked it too. All right. I will see you next time. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye. See ya. Bye.